we're here again at To Be Frank in Kennedy Town with first female fighter of Hong Kong, Ramona Pascal. <laughs> so let's chat. Let's do um, it. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I immediately bang the table with my watch, even after being told to be, <laughs> to be non-drummy. All right, well, I started the, la- the first couple episodes with a few random questions. Sure. So I'm just going to do the same thing for okay. you. First one, tequila or vodka? Oh, vodka. Shots or glasses? Glasses. Uh, by sea or by air? Hmm. Sea. Sea. Mm. <laughs> and then consuming of land or sea creatures. La- oh. Hmm. Land. Okay. Yeah. So no vegans here. No vegans here. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad that we can all, that you could meet up with us and we can have yeah. this just little hour together. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming along. I know Pop. you're super busy traveling here and there. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's just go all the way back, all the way back. Sure. So you're the first MMA, female MMA fighter professional mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of elaborate on that yeah, journey. So actually there was already... Um, a, f- a female, professional female fight before I started. And so it was really cool to see that and, you know, see the show, the scene develop. Mm. And at the time, I had fought um, Muay Thai a bunch um, since post-graduating college. Mm. And then I went into jiu-jitsu and then was competing in that a bunch and kind of didn't really touch MMA. Mm. And then they started, the first show, Impy, started here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And I think they had had, I don't know, maybe like three or four shows. And I got to see one of them. Got to see a couple of girls just like bang it out. And That's uh, Trisha Yap and yep. Kim Carter. And Kim Carter, yeah. We're yep. having Trisha on as well. Oh, nice. Future. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, they would, be, they would have been the first, you know, pro, pro female fight here. Um, and it was nice to just see that develop and get to that place and at the time I was still working a desk job hadn't really given MMA a proper shot just because it would have taken up so much time that I kind of didn't have you know and so I kind of just chose to focus on one discipline which actually served me a lot better Mm -hmm. now that I you know look back and think about it because having a strong base is has definitely helped me in in developing more kind of wholesome I suppose building off that uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Since, uh, Muay Thai would be your foundation. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a strong striking foundation, which is sort of something that I'm realizing now, mm. your timing generally can be yeah. a lot better. It's easier to sort yeah. of yeah. yeah, and it, and I think it's also just the little things like knowing how to get hit, you know, yeah. and like and getting used to that and yeah. um, the pace and, and, and all that. It's you, you, I end up having to change my striking for MMA mm-hmm. and sort of, almost relearning it all over again, being a little bit more boxing and mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. And so it's really cool to see my striking evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, having a base was definitely very, very beneficial. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. I mean, that was just to put things in perspective. That would have been maybe like six years ago. That was when I first started. Yeah. Or the first female fight. I guess when that you we first see the when you first saw. Yeah, I think that was two thousand. I, I believe it was two thousand fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. So it's only four years ago. Yeah. F- was it fourteen? Yeah, it was fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. I think it was fifteen. It's still though within that <coughs> time frame for, to have the scene evolve <coughs> to what it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is pretty. 
it's pretty drastic change, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the time, the only people that were, the only fighters that were fighting in MMA were all the instructors. So you had like your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts and, you know, guys that have been in the fight scene for a very long time um, and all coaches. Mm -hmm. And then as it progressed, you know, over the last four years, like more and more of their students are now doing, you know, fighting MMA, learning MMA. So, Mm. you know, the population of fighters has just grown and that's been really cool. Yeah, no, it's been really, I mean, I've only been here for say three out of those four to five Mm -hmm. years. Um, and within that time, it's been really cool to watch the scene evolve. Right. But as someone who is like sort of has the reputation of being one of the first, mm-hmm. what kind of impact does that have on you and the way that like the strategy of your career, so to speak? Yeah. Like so I, when I started, about it, think about it. <clears throat> I think. Well, I was 27 when I, when I decided, like, it's I'm going to give age. this a go. Yeah, that's your age. <laughs> the tender age of 27. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ripe age. So I felt like I was quite late already because, mm. you know, you have your, uh, you know, athletic prime, right? You're thinking, like, early 20s, mid-20s. And so I thought, oh, man, I'm 27. I'm competing with girls who are 23. I need to make up for lost time. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to give this everything I have. And so I started training. I didn't get a fight until I think eight months Mm. until after I decided to do that or almost a year. But once I did, I fought as much as I possibly could. Mm. So it was like four fights back to back. So it was like within an eight month period, it was like camp to camp to camp to camp. Yeah. And then, so first two fights, I won them both. Yeah. And then second two or the next two I lost. Yeah. And then having to and I was kind of just going full speed ahead you know and whenever you're in fight camp you can't you don't really have time to learn so much even though Mm -hmm. I was sort of doing both simultaneously like drilling things that I knew but also like learning a lot because I was so new to the sport Mm -hmm. so it wasn't really ideal and I think if you if I had been to start anywhere else in the world where the sport was more developed maybe in Europe in the U.S. Mm. Um, they would have probably put me through a proper program mm. and had me not compete for the first maybe year, year and a half, mm. or just amateur circuit. Just amateur, yeah. yeah. Normally it's like a amateur circuit for like a year. Yeah. And then you sort of in there. Right, so that you make your mistakes, you get used to what a cage feels like, you yeah. get used to like, you know, what small gloves feel like. Yeah. And, you know, but because it's it, it was only developing here in Hong Kong, I had to just jump straight into the pro scene, mm-hmm. you know. And so I didn't have the the um, the luxury of sort of like making my mistakes at the amateur level. So won my first two fights, lost my second two, and had to sort of take a step back. Well, I lost the first fight, my first one that um, the third, which was my third. And then I thought, oh man, like I should have won that one. Like I want to get that one back. Yeah, that and was so I um, went, Jennifer Norris. Yeah, yeah. So then I jumped straight into another one, thinking like, oh, I gotta, you know gotta get that one back and get it, get it back. which is like totally <laughs> wrong you know yeah. well given that you've gone like eight weeks of fight training yeah exactly already, it's like i needed then... to take a break you know with the cutting and everything too and so i jumped straight into that and then i lost that as well mm-hmm. and you know due to a whole host of reasons but then realizing like okay i need to take a step back i need to slow down i need to really evaluate and reconsider how I'm doing things Mm. and if there's a better way to do it and what I can do to improve and sort of take a step back from competition for a little bit. Mm. And then during that period was when I, um, 
Oh, and Road FC came to Hong Kong that yeah. summer and had the open mat. Um, didn't sign anyone, but the owner kind of was like, oh, you know, if you're interested, we're not promising you anything, but if you're interested to come train for a month in, in Korea, mm-hmm. um, where they have just such a strong infrastructure for the sport, yeah. we would sponsor you for a month. And I was like, okay, just yeah, this it. is it. Yeah, I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. it. And at the time, I was still a personal trainer, so you know, had a full time job and everything. Of course, like you can't just go full, f- you know, full time fighter, especially mm-hmm. here in Hong Kong. Mm. That's definitely one of the biggest challenge I think people exactly. are faced with over here. Exactly, is how expensive everything is. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and I completely understand. It's just very difficult. Like you have yeah. rent to pay, you have expenses, yeah. you have to work, and when you're working, you're not recovering, and so mm-hmm. it kind of just becomes this kind of difficult thing to make, you know, a significant progress. Mm-mm. So as soon as they offered that, I was kind of like, well, I know that I'm all in in this sport. And so and coincidentally, during that same time, the gym that I was working for um, was closing down. And so, yeah, epic. Okay. And so it was kind of a point where I was like, well, now I have an out, you know, it's kind of everything's kind of just coincided. Everything's sort of aligned itself into this opportunity. Right. And I feel like if. I could have just gone and sort of been afraid and just like, oh, no, I got to get to find a job right away mm-hmm. and then gone to another gym, you know, and that was kind of the plan actually at the time. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, well, this has come up and so I should just see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And so I went for a month knowing that, OK, maybe Hong Kong doesn't have the resources to get me to the level that I want to to be competing against these foreign fighters, you know, from mm-hmm. overseas. Excuse me. So maybe I know disgusting, <laughs> such a disgusting pig. And so maybe I need to take it overseas, you know, experience something a little different, you know, and, and how it's so much more developed in Korea, like mm-hmm. definitely something to learn. And so I went there for a month and that one month turned into five. Mm. I sort of followed you on that journey as well a bit, uh, like on Instagram, uh, just sort of seeing, cause it was very exciting. Mm. And I think a couple of years ago as well, I came over to Hong Kong with, I want to get into MMA. Mm, mm. So watching you go through that was quite fascinating and quite like, wow, she's going over there. She's doing this. But obviously that one month turned into five months Mm -hmm. and that experience for you, which I know we've sort of touched on it a little bit, uh, turned into something that you weren't quite expecting. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely not. Like if I'd known what that whole experience was going to be like prior to going there, Mm -hmm. I would have just stayed here. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. In the, in the comforts of home. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was all an adventure and I had never actually done anything even s- remotely similar, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I graduated high school, I went to college after college, I moved, I moved straight home. So this was sort of my first foray into the unknown and kind of just trusting the process. And so yeah. did that. And it was kind of, um, you know, the language barrier, the cultural barrier, the level of MMA was definitely more developed, so I was learning a lot, which is the only reason I wanted to stay there for longer. Mm. Um, but finances were so tight, and they were kind of giving me just enough for, like, food and, like, transport. Ugh. And so that was really rough. And then, I, you know, I got there in the summertime, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's like, yeah. so beautiful <laughs> out here. And then it was, like, wintertime, but it was like, oh, Everything my hurts. God. <laughs> it, was so, it was so cold and so just, like, a bit depressing and, yeah. you know, not knowing anyone at the time. What I really wanted from that was just really, you know, I wanted to sign with them. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that they had intentions to want to sign me, but I was like, oh, maybe I need to do more. Maybe I need to prove more. Maybe I need to, 
you know, make it seem like I want to stay here forever or like, you know, be mm. more ingrained into the Korean MMA scene. And so one of the things they did was like, oh, you know, the your one month of sponsorship is up. But mm. if you'd like to continue, um, you can. If mm. you get on this uh, reality TV show that we mm. host, it's like annually or something. It was called Fearless Guys, all in Korean. And mm. I was like, oh, yeah, reluctantly, because I didn't want to be, oh, this is like so, oh, I have to go like, Sounds like TV. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, it sounded exactly so like BS, you know? Yeah. And it was like, oh, you all fight for the contract, but uh, it's not, it's not like Ultimate Fighter style where it's like legit fighting. It's like doing silly things like burpees from five minutes and like climbing oh, up hills whoa. and like. What's the, yeah, what's the show that they did over here? What was that called? The one with all the girls? Uh, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, I can't remember mute, it. Uh, uh, um, mute, uh, oh my God. View. I can see it. I can see them all standing there. In my head. Head. <laughs> um, I will come back. To okay. That, yes. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Something like that. Yeah. That kind of just kind of bastardizes the sport a little bit, a little, but makes yeah. it, but makes yeah, it like, yeah. I understand you're appealing to the masses. You're yeah. trying to get them interested in it, you know? And so basically the show was like a feeder into the, into the organization. Mm-hmm. And so they would just get people, everyone knew how to fight mm-hmm. and everyone was at an amateur level. Um, but they have them all do this like silly show. And then, you know, at the end of it, they, the winner gets a contract, but then in the end, like they ended, end up choosing like a bunch of people to then fight in events, you know? Okay. So it's not only one winner. Yeah. Just sort of yeah. Even though they say it's one winner, if we like you, you will probably see. Right. You again, right. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so that whole process with the taping and everything, and it was just like quite, it was quite traumatic, you know? Yeah, I being do the only think, like, I mean, because I've been on a reality TV show mm. once. Yep, I remember. Uh, and yeah. It's like, is this her? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I think just having those cameras around often, being with people that you know that you're competing with, you're not 100% yourself. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I can only imagine it being in a completely different language. Oh. So even if you wanted to create real relationships with people, like actual yeah. friendships, there was still like a wall there. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine it's like quite a lonely, yeah. tiresome experience that, I mean, what? where was your head at? How did you keep yourself going forward? <sighs> uh, when a, all of That's an amazing question. They're being like, you go home. Yeah. Because I was, I think I was so in the moment and it was kind of like, oh, I've done so much already to be here. It was yeah. kind of like, and you look behind you, you're like, well, that, that it's so far away. And I just like, maybe you just better just keep going into that cave, you know, just mm. keep walking. And, you know, there are moments where, you know, there's like 12 cameras like following you at any given time and like lights and it feels so superficial. And then, like there was one bit where they took us, they'd, they'd be filming for like three, four days at a time and like in between intermittently. And then one of them was up in these mountains. Mm. It was like cold as hell. Um, they took all our phones and didn't bring a book. And so when I was like waiting for like the next challenge, um, I'd just be sitting in my room staring at the wall mm. or the window, you know, it was like, you just wait in your room and I didn't bring anything to like entertain myself. I didn't have my phone. Oh, geez. And so it was like, I was like sitting there like, oh, this is what prison feels like. Everything will be okay, Ramona. Yeah, it'll be no. okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, it'll be fine. He'll be fine. Don't lose it. Don't oh cry. Oh my Don't God. Cry. Um, but yeah, it was just very, I didn't realize like, I wasn't so aware of my body yet at the time, mm. you know, with like stress levels and stuff. Cause this is probably like the most sort of 
challenging thing that I ever had to do for kind of a long period of time that mm. put me in such a weird mental state. And I mm. could, every time I think back to it, I think about how crazy, like of a difference, mm. you know, like comparing how I feel now to how I, f- how I, how I felt then, just mm. on the daily, just waking up and being like, okay, here we go. And just being uncomfortable all the time mm, like mm. all the time i was uncomfortable and it wouldn't be until i get to like spaces of comfort like a friend visits and i go stay with her right that i'm like able to breathe or have like an english conversation with someone like a right. meaningful conversation and then i relax a bit and i realize how tense i've been for the mm. last like four weeks it's just like tense Oof. the whole time i would I would imagine I would cry a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like trouble sleeping, <laughs> like crying, crying myself to sleep a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I was like definitely. getting, you know, getting my ass beat, and then having black eyes and stuff. And just the way that they would do it, also in Korea, was just very like, you know, learn how to take a hit. And it just seems up. very go hard, or you're not even supposed to be here. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of <laughs> like at least in you know, obviously in Phuket, like we train hard, and some yeah. there are some days where we really go hard, but there's always a purpose behind it. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a purpose behind why we're pushing so hard and then we like cycle on and off mm. the intensity but with them it was more just like oh you have a fight coming oh we're just gonna beat the show you yeah you know because that's basically. all the fight's gonna be so we're gonna make training so difficult for you that a fight is just gonna be like a walk in the park and it's gonna be like nothing it's not the most say no. like scientific no. pr- or like strategic nope plan not the most sustainable makes no. sense uh like logically speaking mm. but uh no yeah yeah definitely not yeah <laughs> but it's also kind of the culture as well it's like you know sh- saving face and not wanting to look like not wanting to be vulnerable or mm. weak mm. and because of the language barrier no one on my team really spoke english that well i couldn't it's have hard. a connection with yeah. my teammates or my coach and imagine going through a whole fight camp where you're only in your own head and yeah. you're trying to support yourself psychologically it would definitely get to i mean i i feel like i'm quite a trustworthy person mm. i'm sort of 100 percent of myself as much as I can be. Mm. Uh, and sometimes I, that, that's come back at me and people have not been 100% themselves, mm. which I don't expect from people at all. But in that kind of environment, under that kind of stress, yeah. uh, it would definitely get to me being like, what are you hiding from me? Yeah. Or something <laughs> along these lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas now, like I look at you and I, I see your Instagram and you're out in Thailand and you're just sort of surrounded by these people that give you this support mm-hmm. and have uh, also like a similar foundation to you in yeah. terms of your mindset and the things that you want to accomplish. Yeah. And they all speak English. Yeah, exactly. And so. I didn't know what I was missing, you know, of course I'll, yeah. I'm in Hong Kong. I had like a great crew over at versus and it was awesome training with them. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, yours truly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was really cool. And, and, you know, small team mm-hmm. and then going to Korea, like, I mean, the team was pretty much the same size, you know? So I didn't know what it would be like to be a part of a bigger team. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I'm not going to get any attention from the coach and I'm just going to get lost, you know, and not get proper training. I'll probably just get my ass whooped, which I was getting my ass whooped anyway in Korea. So <laughs> like, how much worse can I get? <laughs> and then getting there and not knowing what I was missing and not knowing how powerful, the right environment Mm. could be you know and not just in the skills aspect Mm. in like you know great techniques and stuff and great level training partners but it was also just the personalities you know Mm. how well your coach is able to motivate you how well he understands you um Mm -hmm. how he can develop you outside of the gym mentally as well Mm -hmm. to grow and to overcome so many of you know your demons and your fears yeah 
um, that might not sound like they relate at all to your fighting. Cause it's yeah. like, well, your fighting is a physical thing. Like, why would you talk about, you know, th- your insecurities and your, They're you know, what you're afraid 100%. of, but yeah, exactly. Comes together. Exactly. Yeah. And so him making us work on that and how it, it translates into, into the gym and into training, Yeah, you know, with being more present, with not being anxious, with not, mm thinking that I have a time clock that I have to stick to, you know? Yeah. I mean, I see, wait, when you say him, you're talking about, I only know his at on Instagram was Eric, Eric the Gentleman. Yeah, Eric, yeah. Yeah, because I personally don't know him, but obviously I see a lot of stuff uh-huh. going on with you, stuff going on with uh, Azima, mm-hmm. um, and the stuff that, he, that gets put up is very insightful stuff. Mm. I think it's so important for people, not just fighters, but people to... Sure to understand that within themselves yeah. like take an inventory absolutely know what is going on absolutely because yeah. otherwise these things get in the way and all you can do if you don't know what those things are is blame other people yeah exactly <laughs> and then you're going nowhere exactly yeah. I think m- more often than not like we don't really know who we are you yeah. know because obviously you, you grow up first world world problems you know you grow up in this like structured environment where you're constantly being told who you should be and you think you want to be that person Mm -hmm. and what things you should have to be that person yes and so you don't really actually know who you are like what makes Mm. you happy like I bet you kids these days are not really being asked like what makes you happy Mm. or 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 I guess teenagers you know that are going through like all the stresses of like needing to get certain grades and SATs needing to get into this school because it's so competitive Mm. and I get it right Mm. I get that you have to go through those steps, but then on that, on the way of, in the process of doing that, they kind of lose touch with who they really are. Mm-hmm. And then they just never really figure that out. Mm-hmm. And so you're in your later on in life and you're trying to achieve things. And all of a sudden you don't know why you're not motivated. You don't know why you're feeling, you know, anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you kind of try to blame people or, mm-hmm. or try to find explanations that are, outside of yourself yeah, rather than looking bigger, like, inward. greater than you rather than looking at the things that you actually have a control on. Exactly. Are, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's empowering to, f- to re to learn about yourself, you mm-hmm. know, to, to learn where your limits are and, and what your fears are and what your strengths are weaknesses. And mm. a lot of people don't spend enough time because you know, the, the, maybe they just don't want to, s- they want, they don't want to, they don't want to see it as well because mm. a lot of times I do think it is quite difficult. I remember the first time somebody asked me, who is Ashley? Um, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Who am I? Like I got a bit defensive mm. about it. And then they're like, really? No, give it some thought. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had to think about it before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, what do you want me to like? What 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 are the things I need to write down? Like, I'm nice. I'm yeah. kind. I'm this. Yeah, yeah. Just start there, and from that moment, it's been like a forever journey. It's oh one yeah, of those forever projects uh-huh, for uh-huh. sure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's and and it's like the more you know, the the more confidence you have. You know, yeah. it's like. I know I'm weak in certain areas, but I don't want to know what those areas are because I don't want to <laughs> feel bad about myself because I want to just look at the strengths. And yeah. I want to feel good. I want to be comfortable, you know, because yeah. if you if you acknowledge weakness, then you have to fix it. Yeah. And that process of fixing is a painful process. Yes. Because the acknowledgement that you're, you know, you need to do better and then having to go through the thi- the the the. Things often go really bad before mm. they then get yes. better. Yes. So I think it's that like doubt 
of mm-hmm. it going really bad mm-hmm. and maybe it never getting better. Yeah. <laughs> that scares a lot of people. Yeah. People don't want to yeah. feel like they're not enough. People don't want to yeah. feel like, you know, sadness mm. or anger or emptiness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta, that's, you gotta go there, you it's know, life, bitches. walk, walk into that dark place, <laughs> you know, to, to then, to then be able to, to pull yourself out of that. Right. And to, to come to terms ultimately with it being something unavoidable in right. a way. And then it's like, imagine, yeah, you go through that painful process of addressing it, of fixing it. But then once you like fix it, you know, like how good does that feel? Like right. overcoming that. And that is, well, that's everything, right? That's growth. And it's, oh yeah, big time, big time. And things like that, like, I think just sort of happen. Mm. Like one day you'll do something that you would have done a couple of years ago without any sort of preconceived expectation. Whereas a few years ago, like it would have been much different. Mm. But the way that I'm thinking about it is that like, say now the Ramona you are today, mm-hmm. had you had had the same foundations that you do now mentally in Korea, do you think it would have made a difference to that process? Or you think, oh, like, it is the way yeah, I think is. I would have, mm, I don't know if it would have. I think I probably would have been like, I I could do better elsewhere. You know, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe knowing I'm that better than this. Like maybe knowing that like if if like I'm I'm not in a good being more aware of like, okay, I'm not in a good mental state. My body's going through a lot of stress, um, physically physically and mentally. Mm. And this isn't conducive to my Road FC debut, you know, that was like at the end of that year. And I feel like I kinda won I don't know. I wouldn't say like by chance, but I definitely wasn't in the right place mm. to be winning, you know, to be confident to all that because mm. I was dealing with so much at the time and even fight day, like, okay, the evening before the fight, I've, I've told a few people this, but I had so much anxiety. First of all, I go and make weight, right? Mm. And I'm just like, oh, I made weight. This feels so good. And I could have just wanted to get out of there because the whole experience was just so stressful. And I was like, you know, I get to fight and then I get to like get out of here. And I just go and like hit the food hard. Like okay. I, I know I shouldn't have, but I, I, I do because I'm just so stressed that I just all, all, all of a sudden I'm like emotionally yeah. eating. And that evening I just have this like breakdown where oh. I'm just crying because I'm oh. just like feeling so much pressure. This is Road FC debut. Oh. And the last five months have been like so, so much work that yeah. I was like, oh my God, I don't want it to be for nothing. And mm. so that the expectation that I needed to win was just like, it was the wrong frame of mind to mm. go into the fight, you know, and to feel that pressure and to be like so emotional, like bawling my eyes out there and like mm. just curled up in a fetal position Oof. the, the Oof, evening before the biggest fight me. of your life. Yeah. Oof. And, you know, thankfully I had like, you know, I called my old coach and he like kind of talked me, you know, talked sense into me and I got like a good sleep. And yeah. so, you know, I went in there, I did my best and, and, and I definitely could have done a lot better, but given, and I f- kind of felt like, so tense you know throughout it so thankfully i managed to kind of scrape by with a win Mm. um but i feel like it could have gone either way you know my opponent was korean and like korean judges and stuff Mm. um but uh yeah i think if you know that that fight was like so important to me and i think with the knowledge i have now if i'd known if i'd been experiencing all that stress and stuff and Mm. how i was with the with the team and knowing that 
um, Thailand could have been a way better experience. I would have just gone because I was actually considering going to Thailand, but I mm. thought, oh, co- being Korea because I was already training this with these guys and closer to the this is my part, Korean debut. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it was good that I didn't have all that awareness. Yeah, right. and and honestly, I wouldn't trade that experience because even though it wasn't conducive to the actual f- actual fighting, it was definitely really really good for me personally so it's yeah. more of a personal develop kind of a personal development kind of experience right that i really needed so sort of one of those questions like some sometimes you get asked this question do you ever regret yeah. not doing this yeah so it's sort of that yeah yeah like no yeah this is the way that exactly. it's done and i learned the lessons that i did yeah. and i'm thankful for that. like if i'd known what I, what I was gonna get into i probably would have been too afraid to do it right so i'm glad i didn't know i'm glad i had to just like push through and yeah. take each day as it came and just just keep going, just keep going. Because I knew there was like an end date. Yeah. And so that kind of helped me. wasn't going to be like that forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also, for me, it was kind of coming from a place where like, you know, I haven't, I felt at that point I hadn't achieved so much in my life. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I was working, you know, desk jobs and, you know, I always felt like such a, medi- I was just so mediocre in anything that I was like trying to do mm-hmm. except for martial arts. But mm-hmm. I never actually gave that a proper, proper go. And mm-hmm. this is my first, you know, proper shot at it. And, you know, leaving home and, pursuing this and i thought you know like mr miyagi style like <laughs> anything for the career you know so i just had to do it like this is what you do like all fighters sleep in the gym and, and they they don't have money for food and right. you know they have to clean up <laughs> after themselves and like all all these things that like you know that that i just felt like i needed to go through hardship yeah you know and so and that hardship was like what i was experiencing so i was like this is exactly where i need to be (laughs) 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 and then just like crying myself to sleep you know i remember i i i I like wouldn't skype my parents because i knew that like if i did i just like break down and cry and then Mm. they'd be like come home now you know or like come over (laughs) and i'd be like i can't do that so i'd send them like little one-liner text be like Hello, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, the house <laughs> is not on fire. Yes, I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Well, didn't ask me one question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought like I just knew there was an end date, and I just like tough it out, tough it out. You know, you just got to do it. Yeah. Well, so. you've toughed it out to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much you can say about what's next. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I can because I think this podcast will be like up and running after I get there. And It'll everything. be after. So be yeah, later. yeah. So it's totally fine. Um, yeah. And so after the Korea thing, I did the whole Phuket thing and that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Exactly where I needed to be and the injury and all that. And that's another thing that we can go into later. But um, yeah, it's great. Like knowing that I was able to kind of take that step to leave Hong Kong to try and get more experience elsewhere, you know, and still stay within Asia mm-hmm. um, and make the necessary sacrifices to be like, okay, Hong Kong's also like, all my friends are here, all my family's here. And so a lot of distraction, you know, mm-hmm. in the city life. And it's very like, uh, it's hard to stay focused. Difficult. Yeah. Country. Yeah. It's hard to stay focused, <laughs> hard to properly re- recover and relax. Mm-hmm. And so um, being able to make that decision to be like, okay, I'm all in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, wherever this career takes me, I'm just going to go there. I'm going to go where, to where the opportunities are. And mm-hmm. that has served me really well. And I think a lot of people, and I forget that people don't do that, you know, that, that, that people make a lot of decisions based on fear over here yeah. rather than based on like uh, potential. Sure. I yeah. imagine. Because it's always like, well, you know, there could be something great there, but the risk is like 
I'm, I'm going to fall flat on my face yeah. and like, I'm going to lose the job that I have now mm-hmm. and then I'm going to fail and people are going to know mm-hmm. and I'm going to lose a bunch of money and I'm going to lose like, you know, maybe some credibility and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and there's always a risk, right? Cause mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. But, um, I found that the more I got used to, and I guess comfortable with not knowing what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of going for it and then kind of traveling to this, these different places. Um, the Eat the the more kind of opportunities would come up, you know, because I could I'd find that I'd be in the right places. So I think it's like a. I mean, I'm very big on community and sort of the people that you have around you influencing mm. your like state of mind and all those kind of things. And I think being at least being in Thailand, where there's such a high concentration of fighters living on a whim in a tropical country just doing what they love and like just powering through Mm -hmm. i think being around that is quite like inspiring it kind of rubs off on you Mm -hmm. and you're like there's like 50 people in this unit alone yeah that are all in the same boat as me like i am not alone yeah it's crazy because it's definitely well first of all thailand right it's kind of like something that's so high stress already that you do it helps to be in an environment where you can like walk out of the gym and immediately just be like de-stressing. Just chill. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Counts for a lot, you know? Um, just, get, just carry those palm little trees Yeah, exactly. Go, just like, <laughs> just a lamp. Just like a heat lamp. Just like, oh, I can feel it. That might have been D. Lying yeah. Lying there with it on your chest. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Oh, exactly. Happy. On a rainy day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just an interesting community and like environment in, in, in Phuket where, you know, you have these two gyms like mega gyms that are very well known and mm. so people just flock from all over the world mo- yeah. mainly all around asia and like europe mm. you know russia as well they come down and so everyone's at this certain level like a, of a high level and everyone's sort of left home to be there mm-hmm. and so there's a certain you know type of you know want to make the most out of it and so you get there and there are people from all over the world like you can be in a group of like 12 people and everyone will be from a different country mm-hmm. you know and and you might not even speak the same language. Like they might have English that's not very good and you're trying to do, use hand motions and things like that mm. or like words that you think you might know in that certain language. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the one thing you have in common is martial arts, yeah. you know, and, and the willingness to put in the effort and the intensity mm-hmm. to get better and to better yourselves. And so being amongst that, it's like you can train your butt off and just be like dying and so burnt out. But it's like you step into that room with all those savages mm-hmm. and everyone just like wants to throw down and then you just get all like hyped up. You know, adrenaline starts going. I'll throw down too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you're like, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm dying, but I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give it my, you know, my best shot. And so it really, it, it, it draws the, you know, you know, the best you know out yeah. of you you know and and, and, in terms of your drive, and you, you kind of, yeah. And you kind of realize it. like, oh, I thought I, I didn't think that I had that in the tank, but I guess I do. Yep. It's all um, in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, and you, it's surprising, you know, how much you can in the right environments with the right people, like mm. how far you can go, you know, mm. how far you can push when the right person is like yelling at you and mm. like to do something and you have people around you encouraging you as well. Mm. Um, and it's a community, you know, absolutely is such a powerful thing. So, um, you know, it, it allows me to accomplish so much while I'm there, you know, added mm. to the fact that no distractions, you're in a place where everything's catered to this kind of lifestyle where you yeah. train in the morning, train in the evening, you have time to rest, 
you have massage parlors around you oh, healthy no. food restaurants yeah you're not commuting an hour to go to the gym with all your gear it's oh, like oh you're like literally just cruising it's like a two minute a scooter ride yeah yeah exactly and the oh, sun hits you nice and you life. get you get that so um just that it 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 helps like understand why there's such a big community and everyone's yeah. just in a good mood, you know, like yeah. maybe the way that certain people would be at home and like kind of snappy or like kind of short tempered. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're there, you're just like, Oh, like I feel just like relaxed and like yeah. a weight lifted, you know, and then you get to do what you enjoy. And so it's just, just a lot of positivity because mm. no one's stressed there. Everyone just like runs over there to, oh, to de-stress. Making so. me want to move. You should. You, you should do it. Everyone should just go to Thailand. Everyone <laughs> yeah. Pack your bags. Go there tomorrow. <laughs> you won't regret it. We're here to be fighters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. And, it, you know, when it gets intense, it's like really intense, you know. They, yeah, like, they yeah. Go for it. And um, and so that's kind of the, I guess, the beauty in seeing that that contrast, you know, with like, the chillness, but also like the crazy mad intensity that mm. it can get sometimes. Uh, polarized to equalize. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But what then will happen? Because I mean, you've got your gym here and your mm -hmm. coach here. Uh, I'm guessing you had a coach for previously mm -hmm. as well. Um, and now you've got coaches in Thailand. Mm -hmm. So when you do go to Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't go into that. So, yeah, well, yeah, we should get the details. Okay. So the details so, are. Yeah, so, yeah, a couple weeks ago, um, I got this crazy opportunity. It was actually um, one of my teammates, one of my British teammates, his coach um, in the UK is got hired to be the head coach at the new UFC Performance Institute in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. And so um, what they're doing, so the UFC Performance Institute is like an Olympic-level training facility that opened up well the first one opened up in vegas i mm. don't um, three years ago maybe mm. really designed for i think more rehab purposes yeah but also kind of fighter education and you know nutrition yeah nutrition uh, strength conditioning yeah. uh, injury prevention because mm -hmm. you have all the data and all the statistics and things like that too available to them and 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 high level coaches and things that fighters just don't normally have access to you know because mm. fighting is such a new sport and you know, there's a lot of old school mentality where, you know, you diet, um, don't eat anything. Yeah. And just like sit in, the, with sit in the sauna. Yeah. Sit in the yeah. sauna for two hours in your clothes, you yeah. know. Um, or <laughs> it's like, oh, you're fighting soon. Let's just spar every day. Take each other's heads off. Yeah. You know? So there's no real. And then by the time you get to the fight, everyone's just injured. Just knackered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> your <apart>. central <laughs> nervous system is like, you know, taxed and everything. So it's more to do with the fact that people it's like train hard, but like recover equally as hard. And mm -hmm. people just don't understand that. They're like, but it's fighting. And you're supposed yeah. to like go balls to the wall all the time. Sort of already, it's sort of about talent maintenance, the exactly. one in the States. Whereas the one that they have now opened up in Shanghai mm -hmm. is all about sort of talent creation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and building the Asian market. Correct. MMA. Yeah, yeah. So <gasps> now that Asia is like, exciting. you know, it's developing. And of course, mm -hmm. China with all the resources that they have, like yeah. they want a piece of the pie too. And so this facility, from what I understand, is three times the size. Wow. And it's actually designed for people to actually stay there. Wow. You know, as opposed to the UFCPI in, um, in Vegas. It's sort mm -hmm. of like for people to just come visit for a couple of weeks at a time, you know, mm -hmm. or like live around the area. And then like a lot of fighters have actually moved there to have mm -hmm. access to this facility. But the one in Shanghai um, is going to be fully staffed with actual martial arts coaches and so what they're doing is they're going to do sort of six-month programs. Mm -hmm. 
so biannually programs um, where they're going to develop sort of classifiers uh, and prepare them for the UFC. Essentially, hopefully, Whoa. is the goal. Yeah, to try to bring up the level of Chinese fighters. And so Whoa. there's no no promotion in the world is doing this at the moment. Mm. Also because it costs so much. But yeah. <laughs> so you know they've partnered up with the right right local partners the in right china entities. yeah that yeah. that really want to see this develop and you know want to want to see more chinese fighters and i guess the top 10 mm. um and so putting a lot of money into into this facility so that you know the fighters get educated as well and it's like everything like apparently there's this thing where once you wake up you get on this machine or whatever or they test your heart rate variability but to a very exact um degree and so they know if you're overtrained or if you're not so uh, if you need to take a day off or if you can push and how hard you can push and what kind yeah. of, you know, exercises you should be doing on oh that day God. and focuses. Is it just technical focus? Is it going to be like hardcore, like, you know, sparring and like right, cardio right. stuff too? Is it going to be strength training? Like how uh. best to avoid injury while maximizing your gains, right? That would be quite amazing just to, you know, wake up be like, what should I train today? And just sort of go scan yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you don't have to guess, you, you know? Think, yeah, you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to guess. Yeah, you will yeah. just have things there telling you yeah. what will be best right now. Right, it's all data driven. Oh, just train smart. So yeah, smart. train smart. How is that? It's so such smart. a luxury, right? To train smart. <laughs> yeah. Because most people just, you just don't know and you have to get, it's like guesswork. Well, it takes all the, yeah, it's a lot of guesswork, a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. um, if you you did want to have data for it it would be like dna testing and sure. even then there's not a lot of companies that would give i mean it's not like action it's good data to have but it's not like actionable data you probably sure. have to go out of your way sure to talk to people and yeah figure exactly. it out whereas this would be like yeah go do this yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so good. Exactly. So I'm headed over there on Wednesday. Nice. And there's 50 of us. So for I, I, I mean, from what I understand, we're all Chinese, all 50 of us. Hello, my name is Soromona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese, not Japanese. But do okay. you have a, a Chinese name? I do. What is it? Huang Da Qing. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Huang yeah. Da Qing. Yeah, people laugh. Yeah, like actual like Chinese people laugh when they hear it. Why? What does it mean? So it's Huang is my, my family surname, which I guess if you just, Yellow. you know, yeah. <laughs> if, if, you, if it, was a, it was direct translation to English, it'd be like Wong. Okay. So okay. Ramona Wong would, you know, be the oh, actual, wow. actual, yeah, I know. I might have to change that just for, <laughs> just, just for that transition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just for marketing purposes. <laughs> exactly. You know, they do that all the time. Um, and yeah. That's the that's the Chinese name, and then oh, Da nice. is like the middle, which is like you know sh sh you share that with like your other family members as well, and mm. then the last character is your actual like name. Oh, okay, yeah. What cool. it means, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm like I, I should go find know. out. I wouldn't know either. <laughs> I was in um Europe recently, and uh, but was out clubbing. Of course, it's like three or four or something in the morning. And someone's like, hey, where are you from? I said, Hong Kong. He goes, your English is so good. Yeah, I, know. I said, yeah. They go, what's your name? I said, Ashley. They're like, what's your real name? <laughs> <laughs> it took them like three or four times to be like, I don't have any other name. That is amazing. Uh, and then they were like, didn't even want to talk to me anymore. I didn't <laughs> She's fake. She's yeah. a fake. She wouldn't tell her how Chinese she was. <laughs> That is hilarious. I, I get that a lot too. Oh my God, all the time. I feel like your English is so good. So good. Yeah, like Where did you learn English? That. Yeah. From my parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So that's Wednesday. And nice. 
well, it's it's a qualifier, so it's like a week of testing. Okay. And so there's like 50 of us going, and they select 25. Okay. Yeah, so okay. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. To the battle dome! I know, seriously. <laughs> Who do I have to kill? Yeah. Did that person just look at me funny? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I believe, like, all of them are quite, like, local Chinese, mm. you know? So I might be... Well, also, because I'm... I, well, I'm the only Hong Kong representative, I believe. Oh, okay. I feel like nice. if I wasn't, I'd hear it by now. Yeah, probably. Um, so, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I'll be the only, the most Western, quote unquote, one. Nice. There. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Do you know what um, weight divisions? Um, they I don't know if there's, I mean, they kind of just ask you, like, what is your, what division do you fight for? And you just, like, kind of, you know, fill that out on the form. So, okay. For me, it'd be bantamweight. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely... Hopefully, there's not a lot of competition for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, very few, very few uh, bantamweights in Asia. Like, mm. none. <laughs> I'm the <Yeah>. only one. <laughs> well, that's, I think, one of the tough things about being a taller, yeah. bigger girl. Yeah. Is that you're either depleting yourself quite a lot to mm -hmm. go down to 57, 58. Mm -hmm. Or you're just taking whatever you can at 61 to 64. Yeah. Because it's just, it's not, I mean, okay, I could probably hit 125, you know, if mm. I like put, I, I could, if I tried, but 125 is 57 kilograms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But who knows how much, like, that's just uh, how, so the, the long-term effects of that, first yeah. of all, psychologically, physically, um, how I'll perform. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely wouldn't be performing, um, at my peak ability yeah. at that weight yeah you know? unless you were walking around at like 60 or right something. exactly and then it's like okay say i hit that weight and how often can i fight once a year you know yeah. like yeah just because of the tops. weight because it just yeah and then you know how would i recover from that weight cut like probably just balloon mm. up and then mm -hmm. you know it'd be harder and harder and harder as i went on you know as my career goes on to hit that weight so yeah weight cuts are definitely I mean, now, like you said, like there's a modern science to it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like just from nutrition, it is mm. a lot of trial and oh, error. Yeah. Like there are rules, but there's also a bit of this and a bit of that. And like it's, it's always changing. A bit, yeah. Everyone's different. Yeah. I mean, it'll be good to have Trisha on mm -hmm. just because she's got all of that knowledge mm -hmm. of sort of female fighters and weight cuts. Yeah. Or even male fighters yeah. and weight cuts. And the science behind that. So that'll be really cool. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, your weight cuts are pretty intense. Super intense. Yeah. Like for me, I've been like, okay, if I can walk around three kilos above what I could potentially oh, fight at. That's, that's ideal. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's Whereas ideal. Like, I could not, I couldn't even imagine cutting like 10, 10 odd kilos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what oh, I do. Basically. So daunting. Yeah. So weight cuts. Weight cuts are difficult. But now seeing as, I guess, China, Shanghai for you, it's only a couple days away. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you're going into it at the forefront of your mind? Mm. Uh, like, How do you prepare yourself for, like, would it be a similar Korea experience? Are you going to be a uh, limited conversation, mm -hmm. contact with the outside world? Um, how, are, how, how are you preparing yourself 
for that, whatever well, that might be. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> we it's, don't know. It's going to be super, di- definitely not the same as the Korea um, experience because all the coaches, from what I understand, are all from overseas anyway. Mm. So they're all going to be able to speak English. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. UFC being an American, you know, um, uh, organization. Um, it's it's going to be. I'm I'm very very excited. Mm. You know, I I'm right now. I'm just like preparing myself physically to be in the top, sh- you know, in, in peak physical shape. Mm. So sort of doing less skill work so that I don't also risk getting injured. Mm. Um, so really hammering down my, you know, my cardio, my aerobic, anaerobic, my strength and, and, and wanting to get to basically the best shape that I can be in for, mm. for the testing. Um, it's it's gonna be s- there's gonna be so much structure to it, mm. which is what I love. I love structure. I love mm. planning. I love yeah. structure. So... <laughs> So it's going to be great, you know, and it's all f- obviously it's also, you know, it's a UFC. It's, it's yeah. something that I've, you know, who doesn't, who fights MMA doesn't dream kind of to want to make it, you know, and, and yeah. they've created this platform where, you know, they're basically saying, okay, we have this resource where we're going to enter you into this long, you know, six months mm-hmm. is a good amount of time. Like mm-hmm. a lot of progress can be made in six months, which I absolutely love, you know, we're going to groom you mm-hmm. to then hopefully be prepared for this opportunity should it come mm-hmm. for, for the UFC, you know? And, and so that's just amazing because it's like you're given direction mm-hmm. and guidance to what they want, mm-hmm. you know, what they're looking for. And so that's just, it's like all I have to do is just do my best and show up. Show, yeah, show Be up. you, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, on the mental side of things, the biggest thing, and this always evolves, right? Like different things that I'm working on mentally. And it's, it's I would say, you know, 95% mental, like mm-hmm. almost all of it. Absolutely. Agree. And I would definitely agree. Um, right now it's a lot of like, um, and this is what myself and Eric, Eric has me working on a lot is, is, is my concept of time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm 31 this year. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times I'm kind of thinking like, Oh no, I'm already in my thirties. Like mm-hmm. I'm one of the oldest ones, you know, like whenever I walk into a gym and I'm training with people, I'm usually one of the oldest. Mm-hmm. But with that also comes life experience and I'm able to actually handle a lot of things I feel like a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that's, I think, causing a lot of, like, whenever I sit back and I, I'm like, oh, I feel stressed. It's like, why do you feel stressed? Like, you're doing what you love, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, who no, no one can guarantee where you're going to end up. Yeah. And, and this is what Eric always says. He says, MMA is a vehicle, mm-hmm. and it's going to drop us off at different points in our lives, you know? And maybe you're on there for a short period of time. Maybe you're on there for a longer ride. But mm-hmm. you're eventually going to get off. Mm-hmm. And so you can't tie your whole identity to mm-hmm. this career, you know, you have these plans and these aspirations and that's fine. You know, I want to make to UFC. I want to get my career to the highest level I can get to. But then it's like, what if it doesn't get mm. there? You know, what if it doesn't? Like, what what happens then? Are you just completely ruined, mm. you know, for the rest of your life? Are you able to achieve nothing more because you're just so tied to like, oh, I could have been that way or should have yeah. been that way. And so it's that expectation of the fact that I'm on a time crunch to achieve so much or that I need to achieve a certain amount of things. Um that could hinder my overall potential yeah. in what I'm doing right now and take me away from the current moment, take me away yeah. from um, being able to perform at my best. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he's like, if you're not having fun, like what's the point, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times, obviously when you're in fight camp, like the fun just kind of goes away. Right. Cause you're really, you're working towards the goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even so it's like, you put so much stress on yourself mm-hmm. that will, that will really play a big, have a big effect on, you're just daily decision making yeah. and your performance in training, mm. you know, your mental state and then your performance in training will dictate 
your performance and your ability to recover mm-hmm. and all of that will dictate your performance in your fighting you know and so they're all linked together and all yeah. comes back to what is your greatest fear and my mm. greatest fear is not being able to reach my full potential mm. you know and there could be so many reasons why i don't reach it that's out of my control just mm-hmm. because i'm willing to put in my entire life savings my entire life effort into this doesn't ensure that i'll be successful yeah. and it's also like how do you measure success right yeah <laughs> so yeah. many things yeah that come into this and so it's all these like things that I, I i have to like really sit with and i have to think about you know and so, so that i don't where you stand with all of these things as right well. like, and so do i don't about them? get too excited i don't get too anxious i don't put yeah. too much weight on any given thing yeah because if I do that, then I'm just not present when I'm actually doing away. the thing. Yep, 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 and then yep, it's yep. like, I'm not going to be at my best. Yeah. And so then what is the point if my whole goal is to be the best that I can be? Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of like having so to trick your almost. mind. Yeah. yeah you know, you like, like having to hack your own mind. I want to be the best, but if I worry about being the best, I take away from yes, being the best. Exactly. But it's so. like, that's how we naturally, that's natural. That's how we naturally think. Like humans are naturally supposed to sort of, protect ourselves and we want comfort we want less risk you know and that's how we naturally are and so having to hack your brain to not think like that and to think a different way so at least know how to process it when it does come up yes because everything it's like i got thought yeah get out of there exactly okay acknowledge it because like i got injured and then my whole career was like thrown off for a year you know and having to work through that and that was really hard and i didn't know how to and i was just like lost and like depressed and just crying all the time and so you well that experience definitely helps me a lot now put things into perspective but sort of more of a driver now yes exactly more of a driver but also more of like i've been through that like you know if something were to if shit were to hit the fan again like i'll be okay mm-hmm. i'll be fine mm-hmm. you know if and i had to be ready and my coach says you have to be ready if your career ends tomorrow like you have to be cool with that <laughs> you know it's like a crazy thing to think about it's like what yeah. but it's true it's like how well are you able to uh, handle a disaster as as bad as that and is that really even bad mm. like is it because you know i have other things to fall back on like ramona is not just mma mm-hmm. and if i put her in that box then she has no options outside of that when in reality she does and yeah. so it's kind of really important to be aware of those options as well yeah and not not in a way that's like oh i have other options i don't have to like try so hard but just to know in yourself everything would be all right yeah to regulate like yeah. you know to see the bigger picture ultimately yeah. because if you see the bigger picture and you see that fighting isn't if i don't do well i'm not gonna die <laughs> you know i still have my family i still have like food on the table i still have roof over my head and it's not the end all be all yeah then i can just have fun with it yeah and that's the whole point of it like i want to remember this ex- part of my life as like an exciting fun time you know not as like, I was so stressed the whole I time, dieting and getting beat up, you yeah. know? And you could see it like that. Or you could see it as like, I learned so much. I developed so much. I met such amazing people. Mm-hmm. And I just had a great time, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to get punched in the face. Oh, so many. It's hard to end with you because I feel like there's so <laughs> many things that I want to keep talking yeah. about. Um, but time is up so <laughs> i know i just want to keep staying here but uh it's been amazing it's been really really Thank insightful you. chatting with you actually like for more than a couple hours because i think mm. the last time we hung out it was to do stuff yeah yeah so yeah. it was not a lot of like hanging out and chatting with you yeah as there was today yeah um but thank you for sharing yeah, everything of course. with us um and you know all the best on your pursuits thank you. uh we're following you thank you so uh, much let us know where we can 
follow where, uh, where they can follow you also oh yeah um so i guess instagram is ma- the main platform really where i'm on it's at ramona carla you can find ramona me there carla. you can just search ramona pasquale and i'll pop right up cute yeah. oh yes uh, thanks thanks so much for your knowledge me. happy happy life looking forward to part two at some point in the yes future. Yeah, me, too. Catch up. me too me too see me where too. we are yeah i like good Woo. out all right all right uh thank you again listeners for tuning in thank you so much ramona awesome hour with you um thanks also to to be frank a great bar in kennedy town come join us for a drink sometime and hope you like listening to our hour